recording? We are indeed. Recording. Hello. 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 <laughs> you sound like Marge. I sound like Marge Simpson this week. I'm, I'm getting over a cold, guys. My voice was almost totally gone, but it's back, kind of. So. <laughs> you sound like you sound like Marge season one of The Simpsons. Oh, homie. That's not bad. <laughs> when, yeah. when Homer was like, hey, boy. Yeah, right. When he was a little hey, more Fred, Fred Flintstone-y. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best time. The, the voices were like really underdeveloped. Yeah, he was like, he had a gravelly sound in his he voice. Did. He was like, boy, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, Simpsons memories. Oh, Simpsons, bad voices. <laughs> and that's what we call our first lull of episode 85. Right 85. 85. 85. Uh, before we start our show, can I talk about something? No. Yeah, okay. Grand Theft Auto. What the hell is going on? So, okay. okay. Most expensive piece of media ever created. $260 million to create. Um, the game came out on the 17th of September. In one day's time, earned $800 million. They expected it to make a billion before the end of the year. This made $800 million in one day. So probably by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the week, it's probably going to make that. By the time this comes out. It yeah. Made so, so I'm wondering with that, it, movies costing $200 million, mm-hmm. what is going to be, you think, the next most expensive thing? Like, I think 260 What do you think is going to exceed that? In, in terms of in terms of In terms of or, cost or anything, any piece of media. Because I think I think it might be Star Wars. Is the pendulum going to swing, and all these developers of content are going to see that the money is is much better spent developing a video game than a movie? Because a a, you know a movie that makes eight hundred million in a day would be you know a bigger hit than the biggest hit that we've talked about. So I don't know. I find that kind of that that makes me wonder uh, the future of movies as sort of the prime you know, cash cow for entertainment. It seems like games have always kind of been this other sort of secret economy, like porn yeah. and video games <laughs> yeah. are the two sort of secret economies of, yeah. you know, filmed entertainment or, or I entertainment. It's, that's I made. think it's the home aspect. I think if something, if something comes along where maybe there's like a, I don't know. I think at some point a big release of a movie is going to come home and be released there like a, a sequel to I, I think the only way it'll really work is if it's a sequel to something no I, I agree that star wars 7 seems like it might have the the cultural clout kind of to be one of those movies that just explodes but they're probably going to spend every penny they can on that as well so yeah. you know it might not be the kind of surprise return on an investment you know grand theft auto 5 has had a uh, a, a huge groundswell of like anticipation behind it and you yeah. know I, people <clears throat> i didn't know were gamers it's kind of like you know who your sports fanatic friends are on facebook because they suddenly start posting a lot around this time of the year yeah it's like with the last couple of weeks, I've been realizing, oh, some of these friends of mine are really deeply into this, like people that have taken a day off work or, <laughs> you know. I wanted to, so bad. Well, I mean, I'm just not a big gaming guy, but I've always known that that series in particular was the one that really pushed the boundaries of the kind of, the, the world, like being in an immersive world where you're free to kind of roam around. And when I've played Grand Theft Auto, that's been the one thing that was sort of fun about it for me as a non-gamer is that yeah. it's like Red Dead Redemption in the fact that you can kind of plop yourself down and just run around. Also a Rockstar game. Yeah. 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 I think I was gonna say when I was trying to come back to it. I think the big thing that I take away from hearing that number 
I think the big thing with games versus films is like there's an ownership quality to video games. Yeah. Not just physically owning it. Like when you go and pay this fifty or sixty dollar, whatever games cost now, it's, is that about right? Yeah, sixty dollars. You know, you're you're buying that game. It's yours to keep. You do what you want with it. But there's also like in this specific game, again, not a gamer, but aware of what what GTA is. Like there is a world, like John said, like and you have some control over that. You kind of take control of the game in a lot of ways. And sure, there are. There are uh, like courses. There, there's like, there's plot lines you're going along, but a lot of it can be a different experience for each person. Yeah. And I think that's the unique thing that you know, even though I don't game very much, I think that there's a huge, you know, that's where the opportunity lies in games. That the fact that they're so spread apart, you know, the fact that a game can make that much in one day. But the last game in the series came out how long ago? Six years ago. Six years ago. So you know, you space it out, you build anticipation. These gaming companies, they have their own marketing. I mean, I remember seeing like character trailers for this game like yeah. a year ago, it felt like, or half a year <laughs> yeah, it was ago. Like a year ago. Um, which is genius, though, but because it's being acknowledged now, it's way more than it was when we were kids, when it was still very, you know, successful business. But now it's just like, yeah, it's, like it's a completely different monster. Movie actors, yeah. Playing yeah, you're attracting like, yeah, Hollywood says, stars to be in yeah, video games. Video game spinoffs from movies where the movie's pretty much continuing in the game. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many of those were actually really successful, but. I mean, the fact that film, like filmmakers, are going from doing their movie to then also being involved in the game version of it, or where the movie ends and the game begins. There's a number of movies that have done that. Matrix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, even uh, uh, I mean, I'd never heard anyone talk about them, but just from the little bit of research I did uh, on on Riddick and that series, I didn't. The, the, there's a couple of games that supposedly oh, kind of kept the, the, the home game. fires burning right. for for big fans of that series. Right. Really good. Games. I didn't even know there were fans of that series, but to find out that the games were popular and apparently that people sort of they didn't like that second movie, but they but they did enjoy the games. games. Yeah, I've read the, the same. I think so. Yeah. Well, well I mean, crazy. so what kind of deals do those actors make? I mean, I was I would wonder that. I wonder about game, that too. Like how much they're getting paid. Maybe there's like some profit sharing, but that might be another way because you know that's an that's an insane development period, and they must be. Just pouring money into a game like that, and what was the budget you said? About two fifty. Two fifty. Which is the most expensive for a game, yeah. but it's also like the most expensive for a movie. And yeah. if you think about what's involved in a game, all the writing, all the alternate, you know, outcomes, and all the branching, I, I totally understand why uh, a certain audience that's grown up with those really sophisticated games, why they would find the experience of sitting down to watch a movie as kind of like an appetizer compared to spending yeah. days embroiled in a game. You know. Yeah. Even though I think there's something to be said for letting someone who knows how to tell a story just tell a story to you, there is something pretty fascinating about being able to set up a world with parameters that people can kind of make their own, like yeah, you said. Yeah. So, That's I mean, I don't know. Cool. I, I wonder if, it, you know, I ho kind of hope it doesn't go towards games over movies in terms of the cultural either. experience, but I think that might just be because, you know, I grew up in the era of, you know, like movies were the main, like, this is the big mass entertainment. This is yeah. where you go and you see it on a big screen with a crowd, and that's changing so much as we go along anyway that yeah. I could see it being that, you know, one day... Like just like people will say, God, movies are so boring. You just sit there and watch it. You don't get to you, <laughs> you don't, don't get, get to, to step into it. You right, know, right. That's, that would be crazy if it gets to a point where people will feel like that. Well, maybe yeah. we could do an episode sometime where, like, we you you know we play some games and you you tell us what games we should try to play and oh, we come back and talk about games that. or something like that. I'd love to do that. Games schmames. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. So, did anybody see any movies or anything of worth at all? Uh, bad, bad Milo. Oh, you saw Bad Milo? Oh, jeez, that was fucking crazy. Was it funny? Yes. Okay. Oh, it was pretty funny. Too. It was pretty funny. Uh, I, 
It was so hard to watch something do what that monster did so many times. And the sound effects. <laughs> yes, it wasn't like it just went up there. It was like... <laughs> you could like hear the rippage. <laughs> also, like, how does it heal that quick? The well, older what we're talking about, guys, if you don't know what Bad Milo is, it's a, it's a movie where a some kind of demon comes out of a guy's butt and kills people and then goes back up in his butt. And it's yeah. apparently very graphic when he does it, but it's it's a comedy, correct? Yeah, so it's Ken yeah, Marino. It's a very dark from the state in a lot of rectal pain, which I think we talked before about how that's, you know, that's a good, sounds like a good time. Um, yeah. good time I, thought, I, I thought it was quite a good watch. The older, <laughs> the older one? <laughs> Stephen Root. The the older, the, the, what? the, the fathers? I was having a hard time looking at that thing. It was like, yeah! I was like, very, the movie is so fucked up. It's so, it's hard to watch. See, you guys are really making me want to see it. Yes. Like, I started so, off being mildly curious so about it. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch, John. Yeah. I think you'd definitely at least have fun watching it, whether yeah. you thought it was good or not, but it's it's pretty funny. Ken Marino definitely sells it. Like, he's so good at selling his pain. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good seeing his his plight at, at work and a monster going up his ass. It just makes me feel that I need to be really much more on top of managing my stress. Yes. Because I never know. That could just happen. Yes. Like, I don't know. Fuck IBS, a monster <laughs> might come out of your ass. <laughs> that should have been the tagline for the movie. <laughs> yes. Once again, Ronald saves the day with a, with still a better time. tagline. There's still time, Ronald. Get him on the horn. Get I their know. marketing team. Mm. Um, I saw the trailer for Nebraska, which looks great. Yeah. I have not seen that. And you know, we talked about it as part of our fall preview, but we didn't really mention that it's the it's Alexander Payne. For some reason, I don't know if that detail was in right. my head at the time, but it looks super Alexander Payne-y in the Payne-y. best way, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and supposedly uh, Jack Nicholson was offered the lead role first, and then he he either dropped out or turned it down, which which started some people off talking about that he like started rumors that he had retired from acting. Oh, which yeah. is actually kind of interesting because it ties into our topic today a little bit about you know. A little bit of forced retirement. We might be we might be requesting for some actors, but uh, I really thought that. I mean, I was interested before, but now that I realize it's Alexander Payne, and I've seen where the kind of the comedy of the movie comes from, it almost seems like a mix of all Alexander Payne's movies. You know, it's got a little about Schmidt in it. It's got a little, you know, maybe that road trip aspect of like Sideways and and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and I you know I'm I'm open to the idea of Will Forte in a oh, semi dramatic role to see what he might do with that with that kind of thing. So, Nebraska. I saw Don John, which actually comes out next week in a rollout release, which I won't go too much into it since it's probably not supposed to review it before it comes out. But uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's new film that he directed um, with Scarlett Johansson and Julian Moore. Um, I, I liked it. It's 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 basically about this like sex addict who um, becomes aware of his problem and uh, kind of goes after a better quality relationship in Scarlett Johansson's character, but you know, he comes to some revelations through that relationship um, about her as well. And I, it's kind of interesting because, like, the movie kind of my only con- my biggest criticism is that it relies too heavily on like his obsession his obsession with sex and unable to be satisfied with a woman anymore, really. And like, he basically relies on porn like a lot, and it's because he doesn't really have relationships and it doesn't. There's no connection between the women that he's. Are you talking about Ronald or the character in the yeah, film? Yeah, I thought it was a biopic at one moment. Ron, it's, yeah, it's not called Ron. It's a white John. guy from Jersey. Yeah, it's called Ron James. Yeah, Ron James. Uh, That's the porn version of Don John. But it kind of goes for laughs with that stuff a little too much. I've got a video camera, Ronald. We can make this happen. But I don't know, yeah. all we need is like a, a what do you call those machines where you butterfly do the, machine? Oh, yeah. butterfly machine like he is. Yeah. But yeah, that was that. I don't know. Don John was. Don it was. Okay. It was. I did like it. I didn't love it. I was hoping to really enjoy it because a lot of buzz out of Sundance and South by Southwest um, 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt's good in it. I mean, he's like likable. By, but most people like him. I think he's likable in it. Scarlett Johansson is easy to look at. Her character is probably the worst of the film or the weakest in the film. And uh, you wonder the whole time, like what Julianne Moore is doing on the film on the screen, and then like in the last twenty minutes, you kind of see what her purpose is, dun, which se- dun, which dun. felt kind of forced a little bit, but um, definitely a movie that the studio has no idea how to market because it's kind of just coming out after being like a big buzzed film at the festivals, and it's gonna I have a it's gonna die. Yeah, really? I have no doubt it's gonna die. Where does the buzz come from? Do you think for a movie like that, just Joseph th- Gordon-Levitt? I think the fact, yeah, I honestly there was a bidding war at the festivals. You know, uh, Relativity is the one that ended up purchasing it and releasing it. Um, I think it is really hard film to market because it is definitely like, it's definitely R. But like, it's weird. It's definitely R only in content, suggested content. Not really like there's not tons of nudity. There's not tons of sex. It's just more like you you see the porn. Not interested. Yeah, and you and you you hear the talking about it, and just the way they talk with their friends and everything. It's like very graphic. So ScarJo doesn't get slammed. No. Not interested. No. Um, <laughs> not I mean, there are moments when you're assuming that's happening, but you don't you don't oh, you're not looking for what you you you're going to. The, you're not going to get what you're going to. You're looking for. That's not what I'm. That's not what I would really say. But that's what my inner. Sure. Inner twelve year old. Sure. So, yeah. Well, actually, your outer 30-year-old just said it on mic. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, did. So, I don't know. You know, Let's not pawn this off on your inner 12-year-old. <laughs> don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, don't blame him. But, he's, uh, he's the part that furiously masturbates regardless of what happens right. in the film. Fast and furious. Yeah. <laughs> also. That's the other porn version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But that'll be coming out next week. So see cool. it if you like Jeff, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Otherwise, wait for DVD. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... So I, I feel a little responsible because this is another one of those topics that I, I pushed through. And <laughs> I think Steve, Steve had misgivings about you it. You pushed it to the top. but um, And it was one that I, I mentioned a while back. But after we talked about Ben Stiller last week, and we kind of had this little overview of his career, and, and it was we all sort of knew that there had been this backlash against Ben Stiller. And we were all sort of saying that we still... We're still in the tank for Stiller, you know. Yeah. We, we still mm-hmm. we still believe in him when he when he's got creative control and yeah. and oftentimes in someone else's film if it's a good script and a good director he can be really great. So it got me to thinking maybe now is the time to talk about some actors that we would prescribe a little career advice or maybe we think they're beyond advice and it's time for the film authorities to step in gotcha. and send a few people to what we're calling actor jail. Okay. Now I I just I tried to come up with a list of three people. There's definitely a lot of different ways. I, I, what I discovered is you could almost look at any actor who's done a lot of films and take a harsh view of the ones that worked versus the ones that didn't. Well, kind of what were your criteria for this, Steve? Mm. How did you approach the assignment? Well, the first thing I tried to decide was were, are these actors that I actually care about seeing do well? Yeah, more so. Because uh, there's definitely two lists that I had going where I was like, these people are just horrible and I'd be happy to see them gone. They have nothing to offer anymore to film or to American or worldwide audiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it the people that I'm like, at one time you were pretty great. And what happened? How can we fix it? You know, let, let's try to right the ship. So I'm going to probably mix mine up a little bit because there's a couple that I want to just get out of the business altogether. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the others, uh, maybe we can maybe we can kind of uh, get them on the right track again and mm. get, get them out, out of actor jail. <laughs> it's a temporary stay. Yes. It's not a lifetime sentence. Right. It's uh, good behavior. Maybe get you out a little early kind right. of thing. Uh, yeah. There's, there, I definitely have stipulations attached to some okay. of mine. Okay. What, what, was your, what was your kind of guiding principle? Uh, if I clench my fist every time I see them on... On film, and, and and this is not somebody that I hate. It's normally somebody, 
I, the people that I pick, I actually really respect as actors. It's just the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'll say the last seven, seven, eight years have been kind of shitty for these three actors. Okay. I can't wait to hear your guys' list because I, oh. I actually had trouble with this. Like Fuck. John said, I was kind of like... I would love... I wasn't kicking and screaming at it, but it was like... Coming up with a really confident list where I'm mm-hmm. just like... Right. I can say this and be confident that people will shake their head and agree with me. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. So if okay. I, if I don't in advance, I apologize. But, um, yeah, but I, John, I think you should go first. All right. Well, I was going to say my criteria was sort of similar to what you guys were saying. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely approached it from the tough love perspective because there's a lot of also rands and we can share that at the end. I'll rattle yeah. off some names that I thought there was no sense in piling on these people, you know, which sounds like might be the people that are on your list, Steve. Yeah. I don't know. But um, and then there's a few people that I think were exempt for various reasons. And some people were out just by like a nose. Like maybe they made a movie recently that got them out of, okay. of the, the running for actor jail. So my first pick is one that I, I, you know, when you said, Ronald, you texted me today and said that you felt bad about at least one of yours. <laughs> and I said I felt bad about all of mine. And it's because I approached it from that perspective of tough love. These are actors that I have at one time loved or even loved to this day. And my first one is definitely one that I, I, I still pretty much love this guy when he pops up in a film. But I worry that he's begun to repeat himself a little bit, and you can see a pattern. Okay. And I'm a little bit afraid that we might not light up when we see this guy in movies if he doesn't slow down and stop playing the smartest guy in the room. Maybe go off and do some ensemble pieces. Oh, my pieces. God. This is such a good one. Maybe, pick... maybe, maybe do some oh. of the films that I really love him in, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Zodiac, where he gets to kind of be... The, the the weird character that pops up and he's oh. wittier than anybody else, but it's not a movie about how awesome he is. And I want to tell Robert Downey Jr., stop making big budget oh. movies where you are the smartest guy in the room. I will make a special allowance for you to appear in any Tony Stark-related materials that are scripted <laughs> by Joss Whedon. <laughs> but otherwise, I think the Iron Man movies should go yeah, away. They should go. Thank you. I think that the Sherlock Holmes movies should stay away. Okay. Maybe for a while. I, I mean, like he can, the first one. He can always know. come back. I didn't dislike really either one of them, but I did feel like I was watching this this really interesting actor who has for years, you know, the fun of watching him kind of come back from the abyss. Tony Stark in London. He, he's one. Of, <laughs> he's one of the few actors on this list that has, or maybe the only one I have on my list that's been in actual jail as well. So we were all happy when Robert Downey Jr. started popping back up in these movies, but he, there was like a subversive thrill to watching him. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of think like after something like Due Date. And after, you know, certain aspects, like I said, the, just the fact that it's, it's getting a bit predictable. I want to see him shake it up or just maybe pull a Daniel Day-Lewis and just go away and wait for that perfect role and maybe come back every couple of years with something that really blows me away. So, Robert Downey Jr., proceed directly to actor jail. <laughs> to actor jail. I refer to that style of sentencing someone to actor jail. It's called prehab. It's before it really gets dire. <clears throat> my, my pick. Man. He made one of my favorite movies of all time. He is, was, an amazing actor from the UK. He looks a little different now that he's gotten a little older. Uh, and I feel like everything that he's been in lately has been shitty. TV shows, movies, I don't know. He, he's in he's in everything. I don't think he's, I think I, think I know what it is. It's, he, his taste is not discriminatory. It's very like, I, oh, okay, there are guns in this? I'll be in this. That person is Malcolm McDowell. Oh. Fuck, man. Jesus Christ. I'm going to name some <laughs> of the movies. Okay. 
So, okay. Milk Money, 1994. Shitty movie. Now we're going to do just go through people's lists and shitty movie. I think that'll be the case for most of these people. Mr. Magoo, shitty movie. H2, Halloween 2. H2O. H2O. No, it was he was in H2. H2. What does that mean? H2 oh, was Halloween 2. H2 was the second Rob, Rob, Rob Zombies. Yeah. Oh. The Rob Zombies. H2O was, was the last one that had Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Or no, the second to last one. They, but they called it H2 for some reason. Oh, I, I didn't and get that memo. Silent Hill Revelation 2012. But he but he's been in a shitload of shitty shows. A shitload of shitty shows. But my problem is he, I love that Dr. Seuss book. He's the he's the wealthy uh, witty person that will chop you down if you cross him, mm-hmm. uh, and that fucking pisses me off that he's the same person every time. Yeah. So Malcolm McDowell, you are an actor in jail. You're 70 years old, so you may die in the cell. However, you are an actor in jail. So this is a, almost like forced retirement. <laughs> it is. I'll, yeah. Do you have a wish for like what would be the thing he should do? Like if he was going to do his last role and then go away, what would you what would you do? Have him do? What do you expect him to do, Ronald? I would love for him to be in something. Oh man, he'd be really good in a movie with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. We should force all of our picks to make a pick well, together. Get, okay, Robert Downey Jr. and Malcolm McDowell in a movie where they play really dumb, lovable guys who are just super nice to everybody. Yeah, maybe that would work. Maybe that would work. Maybe uh, not. I don't know, man. <laughs> Something with Daniel Day Lewis. Something where, he, <laughs> something where he can elevate a man. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Anybody around him can elevate somebody. So I feel like, yeah. Is that is is he our? Is Daniel Day Lewis like the the icon of actors who at least know how many movies to make? I mean, would that at least be an, a good example yeah, of a guy? I feel like he doesn't make who, enough. Who doesn't well, but isn't that better yeah, than someone who makes yeah, too many? You know. Yeah. It is. It is a good. Although thing. it puts a lot of pressure on whatever movie he makes. Like That's if true. he come, if he came out and did like you know the Love Guru Part Two or something like that, <laughs> it would be kind of disappointing. Mm. All right, Steve. Oh, my first pick. Show a little tough love. A little tough love. I'm gonna throw a little tough love to uh, Mr. Eddie Murphy. Oh. Um. By the way, he was on my no sense piling on list. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna right, pile it pile on. on. <laughs> only because. Such a good pick. Only because. <laughs> listen, a... who now? <laughs> Who now is like Eddie Murphy was in the 80s and early 90s? Nobody. Nobody. Like comedically, who's no, that nobody. loose cannon, that that biting social commentary that would just say any, anything? And, and also made mainstream films that were really good and yeah. really successful. Nobody. Bro. Nobody. I remember at one point people thought it was going to be Chris Tucker yeah. when the Rush Hour films were blowing up. But it just drives me nuts that he was too obnoxious. Though the it, thing about yes, Eddie Murphy was right. that he was cool. Absolutely. I mean, like it's you know, I say that maybe in quotes, but I also yeah. thought he was really cool. When I was in sixth grade, there was no one cooler. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, I, I can watch like some of his old stand-up specials and still, I mean, they're ridiculously funny. Yeah. And so beyond just the comedy of them, and when I talk about like the social commentary, like he taps into something in that time that translated to the screen that really wasn't done really before that and hasn't been done since. And it's really sad that since the mid, early mid-90s, he hasn't made a movie where he has been that kind of guy since. So we're yeah. talking 20 years ago. Everything since that point, like since like the, not that it was good, but like since The Distinguished Gentleman, that was like the last time you saw that Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. I think. And I think ever since then, it's been, it's everything's kind of gotten dumbed down to what is the most broad, stupid, kind of comedy i can make and you look at 
you know, all of the uh, all of the franchises he has, like with Shrek, yeah, and well, um, what is it, the clump, like Nutty Professor, the Clump spinoffs, you know, all that stuff, horrible movies. There haven't there hasn't really even been a movie that he's been in besides maybe Dreamgirls, which I actually did think he was really good in. He was good in it, but didn't he like? What was that awful movie he did that was right after that? It was like Norbit or something. Right, yeah, Norbit like, was like horrific. I remember that they were saying that when the For Your Consideration campaigns were starting up for Dreamgirls, which right. a lot of people really wanted to see him get a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that because of all the due to what you're saying, all the yeah. goodwill in the entertainment industry towards this guy. Right, and they, I remember reading about billboards for Norbit all over L.A. When that was going on, and so yeah. they were saying that it was almost like at the moment where he was about to have his foot in the door for the recognition that he probably really wanted, here was a reminder of why he would never yeah. get that recognition. And then after that, it seemed like after that it was. I mean, I'm sure you could read a list. It felt like it was a, it was a, it was like sliding down a ladder after that. You know, every every movie was terrible, right? <laughs> it, it's absolutely absurd it's to look at his list. Like, so here's a number. Okay, so this is something I did in talking about some of these guys I have picked. He is the number two highest grossing yes. domestic movie star that's, of all time. Mm-hmm. That's a double edged sword, man. Number two, okay, and 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 internationally, it's even higher. It's like right. it's like six point six billion or something. Mm. You know, but it's only because of Shrek, well, Shrek, and the Nutty Professor. All, films. all eighteen Shrek mo- right. movies, right? I mean, and 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 in their time, you know, all of the Beverly Hills Cop films they were huge. Coming to America, I mean, probably one of my favorite all time comedies is Coming so to America. So funny, great film. But yeah, you look at anything past That's great. Dream Girls, you know, like you said Norbit. Yeah. Even though Norbit made ninety five million dollars, I don't know who the fuck. Ninety five million dollars. But, but but what it should have made is what's important. Like yeah, that you was. You could have made two film. Riddick films for that. Yeah, right. But then they had Meet Dave, Imagine That, Tower Heist, Oof. and a thousand words. Oof. None broke eighty. Only <laughs> of the four I just said, three of them made less than twenty million dollars. Yeah. And all of them are family movies. Like that's just the bankability of saying, okay, he's in Shrek. He's in all these other professional He needs to make family films now. Yeah. And that just shows you that he can't make an original family property and still be profitable. Yeah. I think it's because that's not who his audience is. It really isn't. He is just a voice of a funny donkey. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, the character that people recognize from a different property as well. I think, like, he needs to get wh- whatever his sentence is. I don't want to give up on Eddie Murphy because I think he's hilarious. Whether or not he can still be as, as biting as he was then, I don't know. That's the question I have. Like, I don't know that he can make a film and still have the impact that he had with the comedies that he made back in the 80s. That it was were a good run, though. So like, great. It was a good run, but I, I mean, I feel run. like there could be a point where you saw him in Dreamgirls where he was still kind of funny mm-hmm. in Dreamgirls, but it wasn't a comedic role. Yeah. So maybe get away from this family, broad, generic, generic comedy. Maybe show me a little more of what you can do besides that, because maybe that time has passed, mm-hmm. but you still are... I think there's still there something there to him that beyond just the comedy. I think there are situations where he was actually like had good. Oh, absolutely. He was a yeah. good actor uh, in certain films, and I think that that taste of Dreamgirls, like Golden is, Child. I mean, clearly that film deserves <laughs> yeah. a spot in the pantheon. You know what it is, man? He, he needs he needs the ultimate career fixer, man. He needs Tarantino in his life. I think I think Eddie Murphy, the the in would probably be something similar to the Downey. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The sentence? Yeah. Like, where he's not the star the, of the film. It's, it's forever going to be uh, referred to as the Downey precedent. Downey precedent. Yeah. <laughs> so I would assign the same to Mr. Murphy and mm-hmm. say, he doesn't need to be the star of this film. I no. think in, in the in the capable hands of a really good director, where he's not the funny guy in the film, but it's in a smaller role, much like Dreamgirls. And it is really sad, because I remember I worked for the, the company that I used to work for that handled movies when Dreamgirls was coming out. 
And that's everything about Dreamgirls was all about Eddie Murphy. Like, he was going to get a Best Supporting Action nomination, and you're absolutely right. When Norbit came out and it was being promoted, and it was absolutely horrendous, it all went away. Like, that was the chance that never happened. Wow. And it's sad, because I think he was really good in Dreamgirls. I don't know mm-hmm. if he was Oscar good, but I think it was an attempt to get him back into the, the mainstream. I just, think of the, I just think of comedy now, and I think it's so disposable in a lot of these uh, mainstream box office hits in terms of what comedy is now. And then I think back to growing up in the 80s, and maybe I was too young to watch some of those movies, but in, in my teen years going back, I don't know that a lot of what comedy is now even touches some of that stuff, or yeah, even yeah. is in the same class. Very true. Um, but you I, know, used, I, I, I love a, Eddie Murphy. I read a statistic about him recently that was referring to, they were doing like the least bankable or the riskiest stars, and I think they were basing it on you know what their what the budgets of their films and their salary versus what the return on it was. Sure. And Eddie Murphy was the the biggest gamble it was it was i mean it was a pretty insulting list it's an interesting idea that an actor of that stature who has made so much money could just based on the types of movies that he pops up in and you know the fact these aren't cheap films and he he still probably makes bank at some point he's gonna have to do a tarantino you know he's gonna have he's gonna gonna have to take like an interesting role and and actually these are actors who come on to movies and they bring a certain thing like eddie murphy probably doesn't do a movie that he doesn't rewrite the script or have somebody that works sure. on the script. So he just has to get knocked down a couple pegs. Right. He has not to be- just not just box office like you know your time has passed in a lot of ways. Look at these numbers you don't you're the risk yeah. right now. So let, let's take a little bit of the humble pie and just say let me just be a part of this movie and let somebody else that knows what the hell's going on now right. tell me yes. what to do. This is and this that's is the perfect not suggestion. 1985. It is yeah. not. This yeah. is so so yes, I I would say this is the same advice that for my second pick I would give to Mr. Vincent Vaughn. Okay. Oh, an actor who I used to love. Like oh, his first yeah. few movies, I, I, I mean, definitely Swingers was he was like a discovery in that. Sure. And then even still, when they did Made, I thought that working with John Favreau and working with a script that those two had kind of crafted together based on their interplay, he was still extremely funny in that. Obviously, Old School has definitely got a place. Uh, and then, what whatever you think of Wedding Crashers, he was funny in it, and I liked him in The Breakup. Uh, I can't, there was another movie that I remember enjoying him in that I'm not. Oh man, hold on. I I I've. I mean, I would say the last time I really laughed at him was what was the name of that? The Watch. He had a f- yeah. He had some funny bits in that. Yeah. But it was still. It felt like these little glimmering moments of Vince Vaughn. I liked him in Domestic Disturbance. Well, was was that a good movie though, or was that? I thought he was great at that. Yeah. Well, surprising that movie was not bad. With right. John Travolta, right? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. I'm gonna yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, like just a it was solid, pretty fucking good, like thriller. Yeah, he was an ass- he was an asshole in that movie. Well, either way, Great Vince Vaughn is someone who I used to think was like this reliable, this uh, this. I mean, it's similar to the way I would feel about Robert Downey Jr. That he brought this kind of unpredictable quality to a movie, yeah. and now it seems that a lot of times he just kind of riffs and he runs rampant. And I don't know, like you know, movies like Four Christmases and movies like Fred Claus. These aren't really, and what was the couple's retreat? These aren't really movies that add to the luster yeah. of a guy's. He does that rant thing. Legacy. That that like two minute rant. Yeah. In every movie. Oh, they just you. let him you go, go to town. Right. You, yeah. you could be walking. And sometimes around. it's You're funny, fair. but sometimes I really wish what you know. Imagine what he would be doing. Back to what you said about not, it doesn't have to be Tarantino, but somebody who gives him you know, a great script. And uh, you know, he was supposed to do a movie with David O. Russell. At some point, wow, really, and that fell apart. And it was in a there was a series of David O. Russell films that fell apart, but one of them was a movie with Vince Vaughn where he played like a shock jock on the radio who oh, had some okay. kind of uh, something. You know, I don't know. There was more to it than that, but 
I thought that sounded great, and that sounds to me like the kind of movie that Vince Vaughn should be doing, something that reins him in a little bit and gives him a little bit of a shape to what he's going to do so that it's not just him kind of extemporaneously riffing, which, again, is, is hit or miss. And the older you get and the more movies you do like that, it just starts it's, – it's more about not being predictable. I mean, on a certain level, I would say the same thing to someone like Zach Galifianakis. It, it just – Doing movies that play off of the same note of your comic persona, eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to reduce people's desire to see you in a movie. And at some point, it's going to make you not that funny anymore. You know? So I, would, I think especially for comedians, it's a risk yeah. that, that you're just going to dilute your brand. At different times, I've thought that Will Ferrell was doing that. You know, he always seems to come back with the sort of passion projects or the things he does with Adam McKay, where he has more of a hand in the script. <laughs> But even then, you know, Will Ferrell had definitely went through a period there, like yeah. Ben Stiller, where he was just making too many movies that had the same kind of flavor to it. And I don't even bother to really perk up at a Vince Vaughn movie anymore. That was that movie he made. What was the one where his uh, with Kevin James? I, that one kind of just went right by my. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't even think about seeing yeah. that one. And then the new one with Owen the Wilson. One? The intern. That just yeah. seemed like. Uh, I mean, that movie just seemed like just from the trailer, it had all these kind of out of touch jokes about. Old people in the internet. I don't know. It just, it just. <laughs> I kind of want to see it though. I would kind of just wish for him to just stop and look for that great script and work with that great director. And like we would say to Eddie Murphy, Steve, don't come on and bring all that star clout and sort of bully your way into the script. Find material that's great and, and, and kind of let yourself be subservient to the project the way that a really great actor does. Something I noticed, and we, and we can we will address this as we go through the rest of our picks. But I feel like a lot of these people are the people that like kind of hit hit their peak, and it's almost like the diminishing return starts like immediately. Yeah. Like once they get to be the big star, because I think once they get to the big star status, yeah. everything you just said, it seems like it automatically just happens to a lot of these people. You know, yeah. you, Eddie Murphy with Vince Vaughn. I think for sure, not so much Malcolm McDowell because I don't know that he's ever like really hit the star yeah. level. Um, but definitely Robert Downey Jr. It's like mm -hmm. I think that when you get to that point, it's like they carry like a little wagon behind them that just is like, well, I'm that guy, <laughs> and I request this much, and that I'm gonna do what the hell I want to do, and that's yeah. what it is. And I feel like the same way about Eddie Murphy and Vince Vaughn. Like they both have their their shtick that they they totally I guarantee like I can't imagine in a world where they don't just walk onto the set and that's what they do. Yeah. And, do, and, and the project fits around them as opposed to how do they fit this project, which I think is both of their downfalls now. I, I mean, agree with I everything mean, you said about Vince Vaughn. You know, the other thing, maybe Vince Vaughn and Eddie Murphy too, you know, maybe they need like a, a cable series where they get to kind of stretch out and, you know, or maybe they need, like maybe Vince Vaughn needs an Eastbound and Down or like a show that's built around his persona or something yeah. as opposed to just kind of wedging it in because, for instance, what we were saying about The Watch, that little thing about the nesting dolls, that oh, moment's yeah. just so wedged in. I know somebody that hated that moment but I, right at the moment when they were saying, oh, that moment was so dumb, I was getting ready to say that moment was so funny. And it reminded me, like, I do think he can still pull magic out of thin air. And I do mm. feel like I'm sure that was ad-libbed. Oh, sure. And I'm sure that was Definitely. just, can I make Ben Stiller laugh on set type thing. <laughs> I think that he seems great when he's in that type of atmosphere. And as much as I hate sequels, maybe, you know, maybe an old school two or something, maybe get or at least get him back in the room with like a Will Ferrell type and, of you know, the comic genius of Luke Wilson. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Maybe that's not such a good idea. The other Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> but Vince Vaughn, you know, I love you, but proceed directly to actor jail. Gotcha. All right. I guess it's my turn. So, man, I've loved this actor for quite some time. Uh, but he makes more straight to DVD, straight to Netflix movies <laughs> than I fucking am comfortable with. It makes me mad that he can make a movie with 50 Cent and then be in a big budget movie like, uh, I don't know, 
Let's fucking look down the list. The new Muppets movie that's coming out, Sin City. I don't know how it happens, but Ray Liotta walks this line where he's like making shitty movies and then getting into amazing movies and pulling it off. Mm-hmm. But the shitty movies outweigh the good ones. I think you just movies. described all actors. <laughs> but the shitty movies outweigh the good ones, man. He, he is, follow me on this one, the white Samuel Jackson. In that, oh. he just, he just, it's a numbers game for him. I have somebody else to put, can I throw a name out? He's not on my list. Sure. He's, he's on my absolutely. maybes. Absolutely. absolutely. But this is the guy that I would throw into that, the, the, the contend for the white Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> award, and that'd be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I think Nicolas, he almost made my cut, but I feel like he is a paycheck man. Yeah, he, he's a paycheck Nicolas man. Nicolas Cage is on my list of no sense in piling on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he's at least present in all of our lists. He is the exact same thing like Ray Liotta. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. He is in like... Like every fucking straight to DVD, Everywhere. he's in so many straight to DVD things. <laughs> so, I don't understand how Nicolas Cage is in straight to DVD yeah. movies, but then he's in like Disney's biggest movie of the summer and yeah, National Treasure Five or whatever. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like Nicolas Cage takes a role and if he turns it down, or he gets offered a role and if he turns it down, like the next name is like Stephen Dorff or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You or know? Ray Liotta. It's, it's I don't know. One of them Stephen Dorff, good actor, but shitty movies. Yeah. I don't understand. So Ray Liotta. And Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I, I, yeah, I'm glad you so said good. that because I had a so note on good. here. Yeah. I was like, is he Sam Jackson? Yeah. White I wrote that on Nicholas Cage's section. Man, people that. The, well, Sam Jackson has a little more credibility. A See, lot I, more I, credibility. Gave, I gave Sam Jackson a stay of execution. But he doesn't have an Oscar. He doesn't have an Oscar. I, I gave Sam Jackson a, at some point, a stay but. of execution from this list. And, uh, execution. He was someone I was ready to execute. Um, <laughs> because of Django Unchained. He turned in this yes, great role. But did. after, but I, I, you know, I had a note next to him. I just had uh, the galaxy's most boring Jedi. And I, I, <laughs> you know, was. the notion of him being great in those movies was so strong in my mind that when he was so boring, it kind of coincided with him being in every movie and being terrible. Yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson would definitely have been someone I would have put on this list. But Django Unchained was maybe like career best acting from him. So I think if he, maybe he's, maybe, you know, maybe ter- maybe the Tarantino secret is the thing. You've got to have a director that yeah. loves you and wants to put you in these great roles. It's about channeling, it's about getting a director to channel the best version of whatever you're portraying you know what i mean like it's it's something amazing about good at that that's what makes you realize that i would it's so weird we're talking about nicholas i would love to see nicholas cage in a tarantino movie i would love to see ray liotta in one i would love to see, it's something about what he does for actors the the choices he sees something in a person mm-hmm. like bruce willis back in the day he was like oh my god you're gonna be perfect in this role, when, at a time when like nobody believed in Bruce him. Willis, another actor who you who could easily be in, on Jeez. the on the sort of like a guy who makes a lot of movies, and you can tell every now and then he's invested in the movie yeah. he's in, and he and does then, a good job. And then the other ones, you can definitely so, tell. He sometimes what's, what's the last one you'd pick? You'd say that for about Looper, Bruce Willis? for sure. Looper, okay, yeah, yeah. Looper was good. I think so, he knew. He what was about a, before that? I'm sorry, I forgot about Looper. <laughs> Looper That's a great was, choice. I, I'll Looper say before was Looper. So good. I may have missed some of his movies. Uh, Cause I worry about him a lot too. Yeah, man. Cause I used to love Bruce Willis. He's and now he's I think he's an asshole. Slipping in the darkness. I don't. You know, I don't know. I really don't know. You're right. Looper is the exception for me, but I can't think of anything prior to Looper for a long time that man, I think these are all. He hasn't done something movies. where he's basically just phoned it in. What was the last halfway decent one? Of what Bruce Willis? Yeah, or I think Ray he's looking at before the Looper. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm. We've looking. jumped from Leota to to. I'm to still Willis. scrolling, man. I don't. <laughs> Jesus. But I mean, it's Planet good... Terror. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. Was Sin Bruce City, Willis in Planet Terror? Sin City. Yeah, he was in Planet Terror. He was a very small role. He oh, was yes. like, no, I, I really he liked was Planet of, Terror, so I guess I would count that. He was one of the that, generals. But obviously, he didn't make much of an impression on me 16 either. 16 Blocks. I didn't see it, but I wanted to. I thought it was pretty good. Is that with no. Most Def? Most Def? Like no. Mm-mm. Alpha du- No. Would you say you most definitely didn't like it? <laughs> 16 Blocks? No. Yeah. Damn, man. Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog was okay. I, I look at this and I say We're at the same City. section. That means you've scrolled Ish. down 10 years. Yeah, I, I've gone back in time. I just <laughs> skipped a, a bunch of oh, shit. Oh, my. These are shitty movies. Unbreakable. I'll give that. But that, that was, was a long time that was ago. Thir- that was a decade. 13 years ago. A decade and three since years. Since then, I'll, since, since, since Unbreakable in 2000, I'll give <laughs> oh him... Oh, my God. I'll give that him... That far back? Maybe, maybe, maybe Alpha Dog. I'll give him Sin City. Um Harsh. I sort of kind of liked Lucky Number Slevin. I like but, Lucky Number Slevin. But he's not like a big part of it. Um, that's re- I mean, what else? I, I don't even like hearing p- people say the name Lucky Number Slevin. Slevin. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know, but <laughs> not to detract from Ray Liotta, because I think there it, there's a lot of similarities in them, what we're talking about. Like, Oh, yeah. I think some are bigger stars than others, but... You, well, they just what, changed the perception of what having them in a movie means. Like, exactly. There was a time when Ray Liotta being in a movie would be like... Oh, he's gonna do that thing he does where he's kind of creepy and kind of intimidating, and maybe kind of maybe he's a good guy, maybe he's not, but he's a little ambiguous. And then he just aged into playing these weird, over-the-top roles. I mean, like take again, you know, like you've got to think where he is on the chain. I mean, I'm wondering if it's like Eric Roberts didn't want it, Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Cage didn't want it. Let's yeah. see if uh, let's see if we can get Leota in here. He's... However, in killing them softly. He gets the shit beat out of him so oh harshly that maybe if you watch that film, Ronald, it would kind of yeah. give you a. You'd start fresh. We'd be like, he's taking his lumps. You know? Maybe he doesn't need to go to jail. I need. To. He, he got he got Paul Danoed in that film. Oh God, he got. Oh, <laughs> Paul, Paul Dano gets Paul Danoed in every movie. He, yeah, that's his in. thing. What the fuck? I'd be mean, like, he likes to be. In Even the, in the romantic comedies he does, he gets beaten to death. In them. Yeah, he's it's a, really a real big thing. fan of it. But no, I think that yeah, seeing seeing that film made me a not only was really Oda good in that role. But it did make me. I actually felt so sorry for, for him, that I thought, okay, you know. But wasn't he in like Dungeon Siege or something like that? Wasn't he like the villain in some fantasy film? <laughs> yeah, he was like some Uwe Boll film yeah, or something like that. No idea. He was. The answer is probably yes. <clears throat> he was. I mean, so I think yes, you're right. He cannot. I don't know, man. He's always like a sleazy cop too. He's always. Yeah, it's always sleazy. sleazy for sure. He was in Place Beyond the Pines also. Yeah, yeah. Sleazy cop. Yeah. He was. He's so sleazy. All those straight to DVD movies. If there's any character description, any kind of like plot synopsis or, or script, and it's like sleazy, whatever. Yeah. Noun. It's like, it's, I think Ray Liotta's really, horrible. Ray Liotta's yeah. definitely in free. this movie. We need someone who's sleazy, kind of handsome, kind of not, hard right. to say, you know. Probably deals with hookers on a regular basis. Yeah. Ray Liotta. You probably, know what movie? I, probably I, goes, hey. <laughs> yeah, he does some that point. laugh so That's much. That's good. He does that laugh so much. I love Ray Liotta and this film. Have you ever seen Narc? Oh yes, yeah. so Holy dark. Shit, it's the reason so why to dark. this day Joe Carnahan. I mean, it was the reason why I, I, I believe people when they said The Gray would be good was because of Joe Narc Carnahan. was Narc so was good. Yeah, mm, I love that movie. It was a so raw much. movie. Yeah. Any any cop movie? I love cop movies that really have like I don't know, just colorful characters, but not over the top, dark themes and. I, I think that Ray Liotta is good at that. That's his zone. He just needs to be in a good movie. So you sentence him to just be in a good movie, or do you think he should go lay low and then like? Because in about five years, his hair will be gray. He might be ready for some elder statesman roles. He can take all the roles that Malcolm McDowell won't be taking <laughs> since you've put him out to pasture. He needs to stop for a little bit, man. Yeah, just take just put the brakes on. I man, one day I was on Netflix and my friend was looking around, 
in all of these covers were Ray Liotta's face photoshopped in awkward bat city <laughs> suburban. Uh, I mean, uh, he really is urban like, backgrounds. Yeah, he really is in like every gritty B urban film. Yeah. Like, Fifty Cent the drug and a couple thing, of them. Anything yeah. with yeah. drugs. Corruption. He's so good at it, though. He probably goes to movies or rents movies or watches them on demand or whatever and says, there's a corrupt cop in this film. He calls his agent and says, there's yeah. a corrupt cop in this film, and I, I'm not playing him. What what the hell is going wrong, Marty? <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> he has fired. to steal. Yeah. He steals something in every crooked cop movie that he's in. Mm-hmm. He does it so much. So yeah. And somebody more powerful and more intimidating than him gets the drop on him, and he tries to weasel out of it. Yeah, yes. All, all the time. Yeah. And he, he has seven movies... Coming out coming this year? Out, it, well, he has two more in this year and then seven Sheesh. in 2014 that now, are all in post-production. Now, this brings up an important <laughs> so question. All done. This brings up an important question. If you were an actor, I mean, this is a pretty a crazy speculative question, but if you were an actor and you had the freedom to take whatever role and you had fun doing it and you knew maybe, you know, Ray Liotta is not getting the, <laughs> the at best, he's not getting the, the like the super top flight lead roles in the biggest films he's probably getting offered a lot of weird corrupt cops and a lot mm-hmm. of background characters and stuff what would you do do you think you would just play to those movies you could easily get and have fun and be like oh i get to shoot this one in cancun or i you know i get to go to europe and shoot that would or or do you think you would say no i need to be daniel day lewis i need to go off to the countryside and learn to cobble shoes for five years and then come back <laughs> i'm know? not gonna kid myself at yeah. that point if i'm ray liotta you would just take the role you would I, just take, I'd the take the roles i'd have fun i'd get a paycheck and i live my life I'm sure he has a great life. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe he's, he's not got, like, struggling by any means. He's, he's not going to win an Oscar anytime soon. Right. But, yeah. you know, stranger things have happened. He's got kids that love him. He's probably... Right. You know, I'm, he's, a, I'm he's supposing. He's in so many movies. Yeah. So many movies. So. He has a movie coming out called Flock of Dudes. <laughs> that was an ultimate <laughs> name for this podcast. <laughs> His name is Uncle Reed in the film as well. Just just for future... Maybe movies. he plays someone like... We need to review... Oh, he's also in the, the Sin City sequel. I saw year. that. Yeah, yeah. So he, he probably plays a loathsome character who has something horrible happen to him. Yeah, of absolutely. With a, yeah, I mean... Something will be cut <laughs> off. Gotta be negative. <laughs> something will be cut off. All right, Stevie. All right, my next pick is probably one of the... Some, some people will say, and I would actually acknowledge that at some point, he's probably one of the greatest actors... Maybe out there ever, maybe I don't know, uh, but somewhere along the way, I think he's kind of become uh, a caricature of what he was. Like he's basically come to be in movies that completely just exploit what he was so popular for back in the seventies and eighties, and Ooh, and also something that really bothers me about him. This is just completely selfish and just like an asshole thing. But I think his hair is horrible, <laughs> and that's Mr. Al Pacino. <laughs> Uh, oh, so um, good. Yeah, so I, 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 you know that one had to be De Niro or Pacino. Yeah, no, and was, either one of them could be. It on was the going list. either way. Yeah. The reason I didn't go with De Niro is because De Niro was great in Silver Linings, so I, was, I, yeah. I took him off the list. Um, he got the patented David O. Russell stay of execution. He got it, and maybe that's what I don't know. I don't know what my sentence for Pacino is because I don't know what's going wrong. He's really old now, so I don't want him to stay away from acting for too long because I don't like Malcolm McDowell. I don't know how long he's going to be able to stay alive in jail. Right, right. But I don't know what the solution is. I, I don't like seeing him in movies like Gigli and Jack and Jill. <laughs> I don't understand why he appears in films like Eighty Eight Minutes and Righteous Kill with Robert De Niro. I mean, like, Righteous Kill was fucking awful. Why? Like, what do you need to do or prove at that point? You're a fucking Al Pacino. <laughs> Like, why are you in a movie that is clearly banking off of how great you were in The Godfather or yeah. in Serpico or in, I mean, even in Heat, putting those two on the screen in Heat? I loved Heat. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, I don't understand 
why you feel like you need to do that. Like, I know he was in the Spectre TV series recently and uh, Angels in America. Like, he's done a lot of, like, solid TV work I've I've seen and, and then I think is much better than the movies that he does. So maybe he needs to stick with that. Maybe he needs to do, like, miniseries where there's a lot more development there and not some movie that's being just, like, pumped out because he's Al Pacino. Well, you know, it didn't work out, but when Dustin Hoffman popped up on that show Luck a couple of years ago on HBO, it seemed like a great move for right. an actor of that stature yeah. because we've seen... I mean, look at what James Gandolfini was able to achieve sure. over time. Pacino maybe needs a, a, a great character that he can just really sink into. I think he. I think that's what his sentence is. I think that's where I'm going, is that he needs to find that TV character, that's, that series where the art can play out. It's not being contained to a 90-minute, 100-minute mm-hmm. movie. You don't know Jack was supposed to be really good. I didn't see Who? it. You don't know Jack, the movie? The Jack Kevorkian HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, another, yeah. like, t- you know, even TV again. I don't know. Maybe that's that seems to be like, if you look see, at anything I, he's did done. Did you see it? Did you see it? Well, Kevorkian, yeah. I did not see, I, I thought it was pretty good, but I don't think Jack Kevorkian said hoo that much. I just don't think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd have to check. You obviously have your facts wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, like literally, I'm looking down uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, just like just, just overall scores of all of his films. The only fresh movies, or the the majority of any fresh film he's had in in the last 10, 20 years, most of them are TV related. You know, with the exception of like Insomnia and the Ocean's film that he was in, like nothing is fresh mm-hmm. except for the TV series that he, mm-hmm. you know, Angels of America and the yeah the Kevorkian thing is on here as well as uh, the Phil Spector. But that's even not apparently that wasn't that great, but. Um, I don't know. I just where does Al Pacino get off going into Jack and Jill? What the? That really bothers me. Not that I've seen that film, but the fact that he's in that movie. Like, is he just to, to the point where he's just like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I want to hang out with Adam Sandler. Like, he seemed mm-hmm. like a cool, funny guy. I'm gonna just be in his movie. I could believe both Pacino and Adam Sandler were on my list of no sense piling on. But I could see, I could see a very long list of no. No, I, no, there's so many that you know there were a lot of good ones that I was just like, oh come on, everybody knows. <laughs> but I think Pacino. The reason that's so interesting, Steve, is because he he is still regarded by people of a certain generation. I think to be like a great actor, but oh, I think yeah. people that grow up now won't see him that way at no. all. Like when I was, but yeah, seventies and eighties, he was like on Mount Rushmore. You know, you really can't. Understand? I mean, literally what he's anyone out there who doesn't know their history in the eighties, Al Pacino was on uh, was on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> You can't understand what he's saying anymore. He's just, I mean, he just, like, it's ridiculous. It's just, it doesn't sound yeah. like a real person. No. You know? It sounds like a person doing an Al Pacino impression. Yeah. And not often a great Al Pacino impression. But no, yeah, he and De Niro both have that quality of, like, I mean, you can just feel everybody going, oh. Like when you're in the theater and you see a trailer for one of the movies they're in, you just kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Maybe something where he got to just really, sh- but I mean, could he do it? Can It's like the question about can Vince Vaughn not riff? Can Eddie Murphy not bring all his clout and probably squash what the what the original intention of the movie was? Can Al Pacino tone it down? Do you think it's possible? Or does he just think this is what, you know, they brought me in here to so they can take the muzzle off me and watch me go, you know? Is he out of touch? I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think he is. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, I think he is. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you force somebody to. I don't, I don't know, man. You're wor- He's worshipped. So the problem is he he has that. Yeah, he has people yeah, but, around him that. There's so many people that fall into that category where mm-hmm. you're basing their worship of off when they were great. Yeah, you know, but, like, but, and that and that holds. I'm you're just right. saying he can't go outside and it, not be mobbed. It doesn't he, change, no matter how shitty he it is. It doesn't change how great everything he did before was. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I I can say I look at movies like the ones I just said were horrible. It doesn't make me think he's a bad actor. Yeah, you know, because I know he is capable of those things, just yeah. like some of the other people that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But it does also tell me that. Just because you're worshipped 
you know, if you want to still be, you know, currently respect it, mm-hmm. you know, be an active as an actor and, and, you know, wanting me to pay to see your movies or, you know, to possibly win awards or whatever he's going after. Um, I don't think if you're actively trying to be an actor, I don't think it's really, I think it's a dick move to sit there and say, I'm not going to do things where I'm challenging myself or I don't need to be that guy anymore because Ronald James already worships me. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't like think... that, that makes me think less of him as a person, not, not withstanding like how great he was in those movies. I'm not saying he... that Al Pacino thinks that way, but that's kind of what it comes off as if you say, oh, well, he's worshiped. So, I you know, people just s- make excuses for him. You would have to seek it out at this point. I, I think it's at a point where he just gets a, a table full of scripts. Right. He said, who who's in it? Oh, I, I, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's, I think that's how it goes. I think that for people like, uh, what's his face? But, uh, but do different kinds of movies too. Like a lot of the movies that he was great in, in the eighties and nineties, they weren't all gangster films. And they weren't all movies that hinged on him being, being that particular kid. kind of like crusty sort of yeah. guy who's like, yeah, I mean, he, if they, they need, I mean, it's like Robert Downey Jr. They just need to, it's a breakout of what we expect from you. Like use that talent that we know that yeah. is there to do something interesting and surprising. And if you honestly can't do anything new, then, I mean, maybe we should just accept that these guys who want to stay, they want to keep working. It is going to, at some point, just not be as interesting to watch as, as it was before. I mean, it happens with, with anybody that sticks around and, I mean, part of me says maybe that's unfair, but another part of me says, well, but that you still you have that ability to show a little taste and a little sense of your own legacy and just to hang back and not make some of these bad films or even just campy films. Like even something like Devil's Advocate, was that the name of that film? Yeah. Like even that, which has an entertainment value to it, that's still like watch his monologue at the end, though, and tell me that's not just an actor just jizzing all over the set. You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> that's insane. It's definitely an enjoyable film on a certain level, but. But not like subtle work, not in it, not anything really to be super proud of as an actor. I don't think, you know, <laughs> just funny, to shout all those lines at the end. The funny thing, looking over his filmography, like since nineteen prior to nineteen ninety nine, he had one, two, he had five movies, only five movies that were not fresh, that did not get at least a sixty percent, you know, consensus in terms of critic response. And then since nineteen ninety nine, since. Since 1999, he's only had four that are. So Damn. it's like the complete opposite. And you're looking at a similar amount of films. You're looking at at least like 20 plus movies in each of those eras. Mm-hmm. You know, prior, maybe that was the turning point. Maybe me graduating from high school really fucked them up or something. But yeah. prior, four bad movies. Mm-hmm. After, only four good movies. Mm-hmm. Or at least consensus was that they were good films. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That is weird. That is really weird. Like, there's something wrong there. And a, and a couple of those are movies that he wasn't even like a star in. He was just in, like the Oceans film, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 13. But I don't know. I love Al Pacino. Don't get me wrong. And I probably am, am guilty of the whole warship piece that you're talking about. Yeah. But my warship is a little more based on I love your skill. And I love watching the movies that I loved you in. <laughs> Seeing you in these movies really hurts my heart. And I feel you look like a fucking fool. And, and cut your hair. Like your old man. Stop wearing. I don't know if it's a wig. It's got to be a wig. I don't know what it is, but just cut your hair. Stop it's dyeing hair, it and cut plugs. it. Embrace it. Just like just shave it. Like cut it short. De Niro looks good. I mean, like just embrace that shit. His hair looks like uh, you know. The- it's as tall as his face is. Yeah, it is. It's that's like, not. That's the ratio is way you off. Go to the Lego store. They have like those trees. It's like his hair sprouting out like in this weird sort yeah. of. No one's hair. No Grows one's hair is up. 
it's not textured like that. Yeah. And it doesn't sprout out like a goddamn palm tree. That would instantly increase the credibility, at least for a farm language, if your hair didn't look so weird. You know, maybe if he looked like a 70-year-old man or whatever he is, too, with the hair, he would automatically look more right for some of these for some of these old guy roles that he might not be getting. You know, I wonder yeah. if a lot of these actors are too vain to take the old guy roles. Like, fucking look at his hair in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Picture number one on his IMDb page. Yeah. It's all you need to look at if you're looking for reference. And he's what we're super tan. At. Like what? That's oh, very weird. You know? An unnatural tan. And that's this year. So just for reference. So it's interesting, Steve, that both times your pick has segued directly into mine because what you said about this actor being an actor who we admire and we revere him for certain things he's done. Right. But that there's been a long history of uninteresting movies or there's been a long history of just unsurprising acting choices and then maybe even in the case of this actor some actually what i would consider some films where the he, he was bad he was a bad element in them uh even in some of the movies that were geared around his personality now this guy he hangs on my wall he's played my favorite archaeologist he's played my favorite Karelian smuggler uh I, I think this guy really just wants to smoke pot on his ranch and like fly around in his helicopter rescuing people. I really don't think he's that interested in acting. I, At I, all. I get a sense of absolute boredom from, from Harrison Ford. Yeah. And he loves that one earring. And he loves that one earring. You know, I, w- the thing about Harrison Ford is when he does pop up now, I mean, I was, my heart was open. When people said, oh, he shouldn't make a fourth Indiana Jones film because he's too old. They should bring in somebody younger. I, w- I thought this is sacrilege. Like, there's no rule that says Clint Eastwood couldn't play Dirty Harry now. There's no rule that says Harrison Ford can't play Indiana Jones as long as he can do it. And I was, you know, that movie had troubled stories about it, and it was mixed buzz, but I still had this feeling that it could have been magical. I, was, I believe Steven Spielberg working with, with Harrison Ford, you know, and humoring both of them going, uh-huh, George, to whatever George Lucas was saying. <laughs> I believe that movie could be good, but it was apparent in the opening moments that Harrison Ford didn't know how to play Indiana Jones anymore. Yep. Yeah. And yep. it really bugged me. He, like, he like every line he said in this very bitter and sarcastic way, and it was so strange because Indiana Jones had that element to him, and Han Solo had that element to him, but it wasn't like every line was delivered <laughs> like this. So I, I thought that it was it was disappointing to see him in that movie, but there were moments, there were glimmering moments of him playing that character the way I remembered it. And then I realized this is all about my nostalgia. And I remembered years ago I saw Harrison Ford, uh, or I read where he said, that someone asked him why he didn't play more villains or, or pimps or whatever types of interesting roles might be offered to him. And he said that, and this was back in the late 90s, he said that he felt his audience deserved a certain flavor from him that they were, they'd come to expect. And this was around the time that he was doing like the Jack Ryan films. You know, so not bad movies, but definitely movies that sort of represented, you know, uh, not a very interesting role for him to take. He played it very competently. Right. How many movies did he do? Two or three? I think three. Three. You know, so I and I even enjoyed certain aspects of those films. Philip Noyce, who I believe directed a couple of those, I mean, he was a good director. It was, there was, those movies weren't bad. It just was sort of like a boring choice. And at that moment, when I read him saying that, I thought, well, he's never going to do anything really that interesting. Cut to years later when he's popping up on, on talk shows saying he doesn't know why he doesn't get cast in like Fairly Brothers comedies and stuff like that. And I was thinking, well, it's, but it's because you didn't want to do movies that didn't depict you in a certain light. We both. I, well, I, did we talk about what movie was it? It was a Refn film, wasn't he? In, attached to some Nicholas Vending Refn movie where where he was uh, he the character was supposed to die 
and he didn't want <laughs> that. Mean, he didn't want to play the character that was going to die. I was just looking this up because I thought it was a different movie. Was it a was it a Reffin film? Well, no, maybe it wasn't Reffin. Who who might it have been? Because I was just trying to find that article because I know that we had talked about that before, where he was supposed to be in a film and and he basically was demanding that the character not die. In 2010, uh, I'm reading Wikipedia now. In 2010, uh, Nicholas Vending Reffin was attached to direct Paul Schrader's script, The Dying of the Light, with Harrison Ford as the mm. lead. However, in February of that year, Vending Reffin exited the project. In September of 2011, during promotion for Drive, he claimed that Ford did not want his character to die, causing the film production to fall apart. Wow. I mean, I mean that sounds like that old decision-making process in work, at work where he's saying, I, I don't want to play a character that has anything interesting or unexpected happen to them. I want my audience to see me in a certain light. I mean, I don't know the specifics of that script, but I find that to be... A little annoying to think that to get this actor on your movie, you have to deal with all of their ideas. I mean, there's certain actors where you know that happens. We all know, like Tom Cruise, does that for sure. Like he brings his he brings his team on. You know, like Ben Stiller. I know when he's on a movie, a lot of times he has like a, a screenwriter. There'll be comedians that work with actors like that to come in and polish scripts and kind of punch them up for them. I think that sort of thing is okay up to a point, but if you're basically turning down a project because you can't change the story of the movie that you are supposedly agreeing to to do. It seems like you've gotten away from the art of acting and, and inhabiting a role, and all you're doing is kind of maintaining an image. And I think that would be okay if he was doing a great job within that. But you know, Cowboys and uh, Aliens was not a was not a great turn for him. He was kind of stiff in that, coming off the heels of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where he was so off. That was pretty disheartening. And then what was the movie? This movie that's coming out now, Paranoia. Where he's doing, he's definitely doing that line delivery that drives me crazy. <laughs> he did that in forty two too. Okay, no, supposedly he was good in that. Look right? here, Jackie, yeah. we need you to be on this team. He did that for fucking two hours. Are you suggesting that we have a duel of the old Harrison Ford <laughs> impressions? I mean, really, what I'm hearing is an old we guy, need Negro an old guy like players in the MLB. <laughs> what like, I'm hearing is an old guy running out of breath delivering these lines and maybe that makes me feel my own uh, mortality and it makes me a little sad uh, so I will say to Harrison Ford I just sentenced him this is like this is like house arrest go to your ranch run around you know I bet he's got like a laser blaster and like a, a Han Solo outfit he can put on I give him a special like arrangement there's a work release program for appearing in Star Wars 7 because I do want to see what they have in mind for that character and I do think that with the right, <clears throat> with the right director and you know Lucas far away somewhere I, I I can picture I can picture Harrison Ford maybe doing something interesting, but if that doesn't work out, I'm I'm saying forced retirement out to pasture. Harrison Ford needs to just go and enjoy the life that I think he wants because just listening to him his voiceover on the Ender's Game trailer is enough to make that movie seem boring. I mean, it makes the movie it seem does. boring. And it took me a minute to go, wait, who is this really boring voiceover artist? And then I realized, oh wait, it's Harrison Ford talking like this. So Harrison Ford. Go off to your ranch. Come out to do Star Wars 7. We'll see how it goes. But otherwise, actor's jail, buddy. It's funny about that, that reference story because didn't he – didn't I remember reading something about – with Jedi. Like, didn't he want Han Solo to die? Yes. Isn't that what, like, him and George Lucas, like, famously, like, argued over? And obviously he doesn't. But, like, it's interesting Spoiler that, alert for anyone. <laughs> it, it, it's just interesting that, like, at that point when he was becoming aware of the star that he was because by that time he was already in one of the Indiana Jones. He had done Blade Runner by the time Jedi came out. So it was like, I think he was aware of a character that like he didn't really want to play anymore. So it was like, I want to kill him off. Well, I remember hearing him say, and it might be a famous quote at this point, he said, he's got no mama, he's got no papa, let's just kill him off. And meaning, let's make him interesting. Let's give, right, let's give right. this character some kind of an arc. Right. And I think it's interesting because I thought that Han Solo's arc was actually, you know, even with him surviving, was pretty 
was pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. he, it's kind of like he goes from being a really interesting character to a not so interesting character. Mm. But <clears throat> I think that there's there goes the voice, guys. Uh, I think that seeing him in that role where he just so perfectly like that material could have been so cheesy. And as we've seen, a lot of actors, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, Natalie Portman, they can't bring that dialogue to life. Yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford somehow had the knack for it. I don't know if he has the knack for it anymore, but I'm willing to I'm willing to see how it how it goes. But yeah, it's 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 just it's just interesting to. I'm see interested that. to see what he, what he does in uh, he's in the Anchorman sequel. Yeah, no, and yeah. actually that might be you know Maybe that'll be great. That might be another kind of stay of execution thing. That might be something that kind of if he's good, but it's almost hard with with all the problems with the kind of stiffness and the kind of stilted delivery. It's hard to imagine his acting fitting in with that world and him seeming funny. But maybe maybe they got some great takes out of him. He Who just knows? seems like he has like no interest in doing anything. Yeah, he totally seems funny. like lack of personality. Yeah. There's nothing at all. Yeah. Like. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm Harrison Ford. Like, this is the line. <laughs> I was Han Solo. Yeah. End of the movie. Well, I mean, and, and he doesn't want to talk about anything. I, that that's something. That's like a pet peeve of mine. Like actors that don't want to be bothered. Yeah. Like in terms of talking about their movies or talking about them, that what they have coming up or their careers or whatever. Like he, I think he's one of the ultimate ones. Like every interview I've ever seen him in, like he just seems like so pissed off. Anytime yeah. anybody mentions Star Wars, it's just like. I don't want to talk about that. Well, that would be maybe my big stipulation would be he can do Han Solo in Star Wars Seven because I, you know, my 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 inner twelve year old wants to see that, but it, it has to be under the stipulation that he doesn't deliver all the lines like a, a sarcastic grandpa. Yeah. Good luck, John. I know. Good. I'm rooting for happen. that as well, but man, that's going to be a tall order. <laughs> all right. So I guess this is my last pick. It's your last pick. All right. So make it count, Ronald. Our jails are our actors' jails are getting overcrowded. <laughs> so I don't mind this man narrating things. I do not mind him in some smaller parts. You can't. But I will not fucking have you play Nelson Mandela with a shitty accent <laughs> and ruin the movie. Invictus. God damn you. Morgan Freeman. Oh my God, Morgan Freeman. He was one of my. <laughs> we had him rants. lined up yeah. for uh, God, for doing the intro Morgan for the Freeman. show. You yeah. just you just ruined yeah. it, Ronald. This is the thing. He's he is an incredible actor. Oh, he's an awesome. Great range. I just don't know what he's been doing choice wise in movies. Man, I loved Oblivion. Mm -hmm. I could have done without Morgan Freeman in it. I, I, have, myself, I have a suggestion about what to do with Morgan Freeman. So, tell me what you think of this. He always plays these stern authority figures, right? Mm -hmm. Basically godlike figures. Mm -hmm. How about we make him retire? Okay. And then we just bring in Gene Hackman out of retirement <laughs> to take all the parts that would have gone to Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That'd be interesting. He could play all those stern godlike authority figures. So I think that I think that there is this is kind of weird that I'm getting into. I think there is kind of a weird thing that, that black actors go through where they don't want to play anything that's too you know something that projects something really negative or shitty or uh, you know Denzel Washington had that problem for a while and then I think he started playing more morally ambiguous roles and I think he yeah I think he extended yeah. his career a lot but whereas yeah Morgan Freeman it's it's almost like a, it's like you can just feel him he has a setting yeah he does he does he has a setting he has a tone that he has a range of voice wise where his voice just won't go it's just it is it is a it's it's great to see him on stage on on the screen because he's alive and acting and he still kind of looks the same you know what i mean he's remained kind of that like 60s looking dude for a very long time um i just don't know man 
Just don't know about you. Oh, Las Vegas. Last Vegas. I'm sorry. That trailer. And watching Now You See Me. Seeing him and Now You See Me did it for me. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I can't. I can't take it anymore. Well, that's like the same thing we're talking about when you see Robert De Niro or Al Pacino in one of those roles where he's doing his thing. You see Morgan Freeman, and you're like, oh, and you kind of just watch him, and then you see him doing that thing, and he gets that tone, and it's just that he's got this mellifluous voice. I mean, it's, he's you're right. He's like still fascinating to watch, but it's not surprising at all anymore. It's like a lot of these people, what we're just talking about is the excitement of seeing them in something has been diluted, you know? Yeah. So we're really kind of just angry at people that have long careers, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there's a way to do that and not repeat yourself so much. Yeah. God damn you, Morgan Freeman. Maybe you should find, like, another Arctic animal to do a documentary about. Like, maybe you do one about Arctic foxes or yeah. polar bears. Yeah, maybe that'll work out. Is Don't. there a particular... T- you said, now you see me. Was there... I mean, was he bad in that? I didn't see that movie. Or was it just it the same old... It was a shitty movie. Did you see Now You See Me, Steve? I saw it with you, Ronald. I saw it like twice in the movies for some reason. I saw it the first time with you. Okay, <laughs> I did, I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. It, it was slick. It was. I would say that it's entertaining. They're gonna. They're, I mean, it was a very successful film, like one of the sleeper hits of the summer, and they're definitely making a sequel to it already. God. Um. It was a good. It was a good movie up until the third. Now you act. still see me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The third act fell apart. Way terrible. too, way too. Like you have to understand everything that just happened. Yeah. First like you know what I mean. So like good. there's got to be no. There's got to be no uh, confusion. No ambiguity. Like you right. need to know what just you just watched. You know, mm-hmm. like and I hate that shit. But it was okay. Uh, he was definitely not one of the better parts of the film. Oh, no, not at all. Are we? Do, do we see Eisenberg on a future? Uh, I was gonna list? say. I thought you were actually gonna mention him when you're yeah. introducing uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, man, he. Uh, but see, I still like him in things. But now you see me was the movie where I saw him, and even in like the promotional materials me, for it. Actually. But I, but seeing him do. Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, it's like it's when you see the actor doing their thing. You he's, know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Now I know what he does, and then you see him in the next film, and you go, oh, he's doing that thing he does. That's when you start to go, all right, I can see yeah. what might be tiresome about this guy. He's one of those people that, like, he's all snarky and super smart, but you just you feel like a punch to the nose would just calm that down <laughs> mm-hmm. so quickly. Such a weird, frail bitch of a man i feel like he would say he would like snap his fingers and call like a team of bodyguards to beat you up you know like he's yeah right (laughs) (laughs) bring him before me (laughs) oh goodness so yeah that's my pick my last morgan freeman i'm so glad you know uh uh it's great that we all seem to be i think we all we use very similar criteria for oh yeah definitely Because I didn't go, what are you talking about when you mentioned any of the people? I was like, yes, exactly. I feel the same way. So, Steve, what have you got? My last pick is uh, (laughs) one of the first people that came to mind when John suggested this this topic. And it it really isn't an actor that I dislike. I actually am am fond of him. Uh, Some of his earlier films, though, um, (laughs) including his very first film, which which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. All right. Mm -hmm. Um... But I'd say in recent years, he's kind of fallen into this pattern of playing a variation of a character that he is now only known as. And that wax figures exist in his form in Disney World right now. Um, And that's Johnny Depp. Oh, Um, God, man. I I look back at some of... That's such a good (laughs) (laughs) thing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Was, there's a reason why you went last, dude. <laughs> Such a good pick. And I'm sure feel free to add your own thoughts on him because I know we've talked about him oh, before. Yeah. 
But I look at his films. I mean, the the the, the like films like Edward Scissorhands, uh, like a crazy ass movie like Crybaby, Blow, Benny and June, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I say those movies, and you hear so much variety in those titles, in terms of the cast that he worked with, the directors that he worked with, the characters that he played. He always kind of played those characters that, and and to this day, are kind of like the oddballs you know they're a little little eccentric like they're this that's the reason they're the star of the film it's it's from the reasons that they stand out mm-hmm. since he made the pirates films i feel like every character he's played since then no matter what property it's from or what it's supposed to be has become a variation of of that jack sparrow crazy bravado like you know almost drunk it's character. so weird steve you're right because it's like it's almost like he lost all sense of not doing exactly that same thing and he yeah. decided he's supposed to play like a, a sexually ambiguous drunk in every movie that he does or something. It's just so bizarre. I mean, it's such a weird choice when before that he was full of all these, I mean, you know, different but similar to Robert Downey Jr. in the sense of like, it was a great surprise to see what he might do in a movie, but he brought this great quality to it. And there was always this exuberance. Yeah. Something like Ed yeah. Wood. Oh, totally. You know, or, or Edward yeah. Scissorhands or any other Ed movie that he did. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about that level of success and how much it can change you, man. I think that he he still is a pretty good actor, but something happened. With, like, I think that artistically he had these ideas about what he wanted to be as an actor. But when somebody throws you a check that is in the, you know, it's nine figures. No, not nine figures. Six really? figures. <laughs> Shit. Seven figures, eight figures. You know what I mean? Like, that changes your life. Oh, no doubt. I feel I like say I eight for sure. Yeah, eight for Let's sure. Let's make sure we're clear on this. We don't think he's gotten paid, like, in the hundreds of millions. <laughs> yeah, but definitely in, like, 20, 30. I mean, especially in some of those Pirates films. Don't oh, think yeah. his participation isn't huge. in, in those right, you know, movies right. still turn a profit. They're making a fifth one, so... But I mean, Gosh, okay, so Steve, you must a... have done a little digging. What was the last movie on the list where he didn't do an impression of, of his twin brother, Ronnie Depp? Well, you'd have to go back before any of these Pirates films, <laughs> oh, Mr. Walker. Yeah. Uh, really? I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't know. Has he really not this made should, any... This should be a new thing where we just go back in time and yeah. try to find the, be- the, the, the last the best... The last time. Good, yeah, yeah, the last good movie they made. I would say the last movie that I've, I've, I would say that I really enjoyed, Johnny <laughs> Depp, the actor that I liked before in... <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Is man. is either it's one of two films. The one I would say I really enjoyed Finding Neverland. I thought he was really good in that film. But the one prior would probably be Blow, uh, which is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, eleven years I think, twelve years ago. Um, I think Johnny Depp's big thing, and and looking at his forecast here, what he has coming up, he's already fucking gotten his, he's already knees deep in all this stuff. But <laughs> is to stay away from these existing properties, like these these franchised potential things he's in a dr seuss project uh the night stalker that always works out great think of the last two guys to make dr seuss projects jim carrey yeah and mike myers Myers, right that went really well yeah (laughs) and a fifth pirates film so he's already kind of already screwed the pooch on this because he can't fix it in the next two years Mm -hmm. i just think i don't know i just think that's the big thing is like if you can get away from these characters that are supposed to be you know you look at okay the jack jack sparrow you have the lone ranger which just came out dark shadows uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Sweeney Todd. I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The film, not that bad, but he's fucking annoying in it. Like, he I think is. he is the worst part of the movie. Well, I, I but he's even, the star. I didn't even mind him do. Let's let me put it this way: as a 
just judging that movie on its own merits, that role, I don't think that it was necessarily a bad take for an actor to have on that role. But since it was Johnny Depp, exactly, it was it like was so fucking it, annoying. Yeah, it was so annoying that he was doing yet another crazy like. What are what are some crazy mannerisms I haven't bundled together yet? I'll just use all those. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it was like, and I and it really felt like he was doing almost like a Michael Jackson impression or something, <laughs> yeah. which I do think he has in his head. <laughs> a crazy like he likes to do some kind of pop star you know he's done he, if you were michael he's done jackson keith richards four or five times now and he's you know he had to do michael jackson once but no i'd forgotten that he did that and then the other one you mentioned um uh the alice in wonderland which is a great example of a movie that did not need to turn the mad hatter into yeah. a cgi action hero yeah and because it was johnny depp i mean that's that harrison ford effect or yeah. that eddie murphy effect <laughs> or that vince vaughn effect of like the actor comes in and you will never know what the movie would have been like if an actor Outside had just come him. in and played the part. Instead, they've warped it to make this actor more prominent. And in a movie called Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, or whatever it was called, yeah. who's the big above-the-title name? It's yeah. Johnny Depp. Sure. And then on top of that, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton working together is the least in- enticing thing in the world right now. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, we'll do director jail later, but Tim Burton, you might you might have a cell. We might, we might, Guilty by association. We might save you a bunk in Johnny Depp's cell. You know, mm. Maybe we should separate them. That would probably be or our, just throw them in there together and let them have at it. Hash it out. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, looking back, I mean, I, he w- he was in a lot of really great movies that I I genuinely enjoyed, and I think that it, like once Blow hit, and in with the exception of Finding Neverland, nothing since then has really been that great. Like even even I, I didn't really enjoy Once Upon a Time in Mexico and his character in it. I think that was like where you I first like started seeing like, you know, like the whole the the pirates thing, like you know that overblown character that just was like. You're you're overshooting it a little bit. I mean, and, and Jack Sparrow, the character that like I don't I don't know that I necessarily dislike that character. I like the first Pirates, but for every for that to be the mold that everything else is built around or built from, that's a big no no. Yeah. yeah, what John just did, guys. I just uh, did the double, <laughs> double thumbs, thumbs down, down double, double. and then I made like a little a little fart noise with my mouth. <laughs> you would never know you made that with your mouth yeah. unless you just told them. But yeah, that's my last pick, Johnny Depp. Stay away from the stay away from the sequels. The existing properties, and stay away from Disney, yeah. Because that's probably where I think it slides down real quick. Try to find some like slick little indie film, like get away from these like larger than life characters that you're making even bigger, mm-hmm. and find something that is is a little more dramatic and and not as not not like a caricature, like a, yeah, you know something that's not like laughable. You're not supposed to like laugh at, or not supposed to be the hero, or and I mean, there's been some films he's put out that's. I don't know, I guess attempted that, like Public Enemies I wasn't a huge fan of, or The Taurus, or The Rum Diary. Uh, I did love Rango. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rango his voice so talent, good. I thought, was great Well, no, I that. think that in an odd way, I mean, maybe it's no surprise to say that when he's actually a cartoon, <laughs> his current style of acting fits perfectly. Sure, sure. No, I think yeah. that's a great point. There's definitely some good shit there for Johnny Depp. I think, the, I think he's definitely still a, a massive talent. He's one of the biggest stars of all time, especially worldwide, like those 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 sequels that he's amassed, yeah. like some of the biggest movies ever. Well, I mean, one thing, if you want to say give him credit for, which I think you are, but I mean, let's at least make note of the fact that a lot of actors who were like the pretty boy, as they age, they don't have a niche. But I yeah. do think that what he's done is managed to create a niche for himself. He he weathered the the aging out of being the young chiseled face pretty boy. Now that he looks, you know, he's. He's grown up. He's a man now, yeah. and so I, I would maybe now he really has to kind of get past this this goofy cartoonish style of acting because it's going to start to be a, like you know 
not the same thing as Al Pacino's hair, but it's going to start to just look ridiculous if he's still playing Jack Sparrow in 10 years, in 20 years, you know. This I, is legit, This is a guy that I feel like legitimately could be, like, a, a name that was discussed, like, at at the Oscars, you know, like, yeah. in terms of, like, critical acclaim, like, you know, even though he got his attention for Jack Sparrow and, and got nominated for that, like, which is interesting, but, I mean, I think, like, he genuinely is a good actor. I yeah. just think that he's kind of settled into making this niche, like you just said, and like Rana was alluding to with some of our other picks, it's like eight figures. What the hell? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why do not? it. Get Let's the, get the pirate costume back out, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, you know, it's just, and a lot of times they get locked in the contracts. Eight, too. eight figures to hit three notes. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, they get these contracts that keep them on for a long time, but you're committing to that, you know? And I think that's partially on him, you know? And, I don't know that I wouldn't take the money either, but... We can also blame him partially, though, for all the idiots going around with all the pirate bullshit and all the talking like a pirate day and all that stuff. So maybe <laughs> maybe we ought to rethink that's this all whole... His, that's all his yeah. fault, yeah. <laughs> all do his... do another, like... I feel like he needs to do, like, another dramatic, like, uh, like a dramatic... I don't know, maybe not a crime. Well, I'm, I, I'm surprised it's as far back as Blow, but he needs to do another role like that where he's yeah. maybe playing a colorful character, character but within the realms of some kind of reality, you know? yeah. Oh, I love Blow. But yeah, I, I just think he's got it in him. Like, of, of my picks for, like, legitimate actor, I think, like, even even Al Pacino mentioned, like, I feel like he's had that moment. Mm-hmm. And you're looking just for better roles for him. I, I genuinely think Johnny Depp, like, is a really good actor. I think if he found the right projects and got away from this shtick, like, he could legitimately be a force, like, an, a true actor. Mm-hmm. And, you know people will argue that like these roles that he plays, like his acting is incredible or whatever. Like I don't personally believe that. And obviously that's why he's made his way to my list, but I do it more so. Cause I feel like this is the tough love John alluded to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do think he's a great actor. I really do. I think he, the movies that I love, I love, love him in Edward Scissorhands. What's eating Gilbert. Great. Like those movies are some of my favorite movies and like I can watch them over and over again. And he's the best part of those movies. He just needs to get back into that 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 where he's not completely going zero to ten the, like out of the gate. The danger is that he will become. I mean, the worst case scenario for a Johnny Depp is is the Nicolas Cage syndrome, where yeah. just no, at some God, point no. he makes too many movies, yeah. and he's too much like disconnected. I mean, how hard would it be for him to just say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a small movie, and I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna act in it, and I'm not gonna bring my Johnny Deppness to the floor. I'm just gonna play the character. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't do who that. Do you think a, who do you think would be a good director for him to work with? Uh, Nicholas Vending Refn. Oh, dude, that would be great. Oh, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Let him, let him be quiet. Let him, let him pull a Gosling and just like simmer and look off into the distance a lot. You know, Does Bre- Brad Pitt him- and him ever make a movie together? Nicholas. No, uh, Brad oh. Pitt and uh, Johnny Depp. You know what I thought? You know what I thought? Somebody that was a weird take on uh, "Only God Forgives" that I had never thought about. So, uh, Drive was one of the movies that douchey people said was a really good movie. It was one of those indie movies that kind of crossed over. Yeah. So, what if he purposefully made it dark and really crazy? So that those people would completely not fuck with him. Oh, I felt totally like he was trying to like trying flip to... the bird to the people that thought they liked him and thought they knew what to expect from right. Ryan Gosling. I, movie. I think that is a purposeful thing. I think more so than anything else, with that, he was definitely twisting the, the image people had of Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I think Ryan Gosling is, we talked about this, he's, he's, he seems all too happy to do that, you know, <laughs> yeah. to not do what you expect. Which I thought him. was really, which I think is really cool. Which is also something Nicolas Cage did. I don't know if you remember Nicolas Cage and Peggy Sue got married. For some reason, he talks like Gumby in that movie 
And it was a decision that he came onto set and he was like, I'm going to talk like this. <laughs> and his uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed that movie, t- basically told everyone, no, we're going to let him do this, you know? So, I mean, that seems like the kind of choice that Ryan Gosling would make. That seems like the kind of choice that Johnny Depp would make. You know, these yeah. actors all love kind of fucking with that, but maybe they need somebody to rein them in and somebody that's going to yeah. say, Somebody no. has to be like, no, that's stupid. No, I'm not going to let so, you shit on your own career. I don't think that anybody really tells people stuff like that. Like, I don't think anybody says, whoa, whoa. I think was... some directors do. Yeah. I think some directors are notorious so? for like... They're notorious for working with actors that can take a little shit from them. Yes. Yeah. Like the yeah. Oliver Stones and the David O. Russells. Yep. They, they tend to Even work. Even David Fincher's, I think. Like, yeah, really, David Fincher, really definitely. push an actor and yeah, don't you, take shit. If, if they're making this, this script that they've worked on, they do not want you to fuck it up with this version of what you think it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's not the vision that they have. I, I get why somebody would be adamant about being like, no, you... Like I can't imagine Harrison. But I mean, that's Ford why Harrison Ford will never be <laughs> so funny, in one of those bro. really interesting movies. That's Absolutely. why. That's why Eddie Murphy yeah. will never be in one of those really interesting movies. Is because the directors. Whereas, you know, in our sense, it's almost hard to think if you were a director why you wouldn't jump at the chance to have one of those big stars. But that's why. Yeah. It's like why a lot of bands. If you talk to indie bands, they're not. They're not looking to be signed by a major label because they stand a lot of times to make more money if they can control it a little bit. Yeah. So it's like with directors, I think wanting actors that are more of a scale of the project that they want to do. There's a lot of great actors that can do great work that aren't those big above the marquee names. And that's also why a lot of these movies, I mean, it's, a, it's an escalating thing. It's why a lot of these movies have a hard time getting the recognition that they should get. A lot of these movies that, you know, these indie movies that everyone agrees are great. And then you look and see that they made 60 million or something. And it's because they cost 10 million. But if they could have, if they could have gotten a big actor... I mean, it's just these alternate realities where these big actors are willing to do these these small movies and not change the project around their image, you know. So yeah. that's why you'll never see that. It's kind of de- kind of depressing in a way. Do you have any also rands, Ronald? Anybody that you didn't get to? Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. You piece of shit. Would he be just someone that you think sucks, or do you really have high hopes? No, for I don't him? think he sucks, man. He just picks some sucky ass movies. P.S. I love you. Uh, goddamn. I love you, Ronald. Uh, goddamn. <laughs> It seems like an odd thing to wedge in when you were just <laughs> you were just t- gonna list some Gerard Butler. I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, I know. Hold on, I have some other ones. Do you guys need me to leave? <laughs> I can turn the lights down low. Uh, what else? There were other movies that I listed. Hold on, or actors. Uh, no, Gerard Butler. P.S. I love you. Uh, The Ugly Truth, The Bounty Hunter, all rom coms that are me. Yeah, and he's he's so good as like so a, stay away from the rom coms. He's really I think good that, that, that's a, that's a quick cure. There yeah. was a brief period when McConaughey was on yeah, my McConaughey list, and I was going to sentence up. him to do no more romantic comedies because I think he's had a run of really interesting films lately, and they are all the films that that don't fit into that that right. that cliche of what he was doing for a while there. So I think a lot of these actors, if they just stick to the indie films, they might be in good shape. I, I must admit, the one where Matthew McConaughey's. Uh... Are we going back to Fool's Gold? The, no. Are you talking about Killer Joe? No, the one where he got taken back to all the women's oh, uh, girl, lives that he Ghosts of Girlfriends past. past. With wow. Jennifer Garner? That was yes. supposed to be funny. I didn't, I didn't see it. It was actually it was... pretty solid. It yeah. was absurd, but it was... <laughs> Matthew McConaughey so And And he and Woody man. Harrelson are in that uh, oh, upcoming HBO my, show. That, looks that, that looks really it great. It looks so good. Really, any of these actors, we could say... Do a mini series or a, a season of a show on HBO and and get get back to your acting roots. That's it. Be part of an ensemble. That's you, therapy right there. That's yeah. rehab. You got any also rans, Steve? Anybody? My also rans basically just become more of <laughs> actors that I think are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would have just probably put in jail and said life sentence, sentence to death. Yeah. Oh, such uh, as uh, such as Brendan Fraser. Ooh. Oh um, God. He got lucky. I don't know what happened. To him. What the um, fuck? His career should have stopped. I, I feel bad years. saying so. I feel like I 
like a couple movies he's done, but Keanu Reeves. What? What What do you love him in? Or really like him in? <laughs> I don't know, man. Or like him in? Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, Matrix. I'm, like for t- that. That's tw- the twenty that, years ago, dude. That's the one thing I would say is Matrix. That's the like. like and I, I guilt like you know they're stupid as hell, but like the Bill yeah, and Ted movies big are just fun. Between this movie. But like, yeah, I just feel like Kenner Reeves is just like the dullest. Absolutely no actual skill. You know, he tries so hard to like provide any sort of emotion, but it just seems like he's like in a trance or something. The, the counter argument. How, how many times can you say the, the whoa? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. The like, counter argument. Point blank is probably my favorite film he's ever done. You the counter argument to him being shitty is that everybody says he had a terrible life. Which, what? I don't care. Which, which yeah. has nothing to do with his skill A lot his of people on this list probably have. I don't know. Yeah. And the last one, it was probably the worst <laughs> of the worst. And uh, he hasn't really been anything of any significance at all, is uh, Chris Klein. I have oh. recently developed such an interest in how horrible Chris Klein is that um, I the would... only time he was good in my mind, really good, was in election when he played yeah. perfectly adult. Yeah, because that that literally is what this guy is. Yeah, he's popped up recently on a TV series Wilfred, which I watch, and like in the American Pie series, you know all those yeah. sequels. He's all kinds of terrible. But if you do one thing, or if you do two things, seek out. The video audition that he had for Mamma Mia, where he's seen the Mamma Mia, his, his act, it's, a, it's a legitimate audition tape. Oh, I've seen tape. it. I've seen it. And is it really that bad? Oh, oh Ronald. <laughs> it's oh. not just bad. It's the it's the cringe factor of the whole thing. It's oh, the, Ronald. Yeah. And wait, I have it right here, Ronald. Just to give you a little taste. He's yeah, well, only thirty four, which surprises the it's, shit it's out of me. It's too bad. It's it's over for him. Um. I actually questioned whether this like was real or not. Uh, the name of the YouTube video is Chris Klein with a huge audition fail. <laughs> hey, by the way, you guys had Mandy Moore in here. She is an angel of all angels. I don't know if you guys saw American Dreams that her and I did together, uh, where I too sing, hopefully better here than I did there. That was acting. This may be slight singing, but she is just a dream come true. You should hire her on the spot. She's amazing. Anyway, that's my own personal I love Mandy Moore scenario. Let's go, shall we? Before I embarrass myself further. All right, here we go. I wasn't jealous before we met. Now every man that I see is a potential threat. If it isn't nice You heard me saying that smoking was my only vice But now it isn't true You know what the problem with that is? Like, Chris Klein <laughs> is, I, I mean, not so he's an attractive guy And I think that what happened is he thought, he thought that he could make it through just looking nice And he's fucking terrible That was terrible I think, I think he's got that sort of like that cuteness that doesn't age that great yeah. because once he gets yeah. to a certain point, it's like he's still like I'm not saying he's not you know in, in good shape or whatever. I just mean that that lack of talent and that lack of wit, you start to really see it around someone's eyes that he's not able to play <laughs> like a he's a grown man now, right? Yeah. But he he doesn't seem like you wouldn't believe him playing like a cop or a wait doctor a second or anything like that. You mentioned you know? the cop. Oh, yeah. no. have you seen the Legend of Chun Li? 
This is every line of dialogue in that film. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Gangland homicide? And I love this job. Call me Nash. New Year's come early? Yeah, Last Supper. And he serves them their own heads. You just inherited a big problem. Get used to it. We're your new roommates. Spent the last three years of my life chasing around an organization called Shadow those bodies piled up in the harbor. They were the heads of the ruling crime families of Bangkok, correct? Uh-huh, right? And now they're all dead except for one. His name's Bison. I've tracked him through 11 major cities on four continents and never come close, not once. This guy walks through the raindrops. And anybody that's against him is either dead or on their way. Now he's the last man standing. You don't want a ticket to this dance, detective. That was fucking terrible. Whole, uh, that was terrible. Wow. Ooh. In a minute, 50 seconds. Are you sure that wasn't an episode of uh, whatever, <laughs> NFS, SUV, TSU, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever that no, was? No, that This was is a rough. legitimate film that came out. That wasn't Eagle Heart. The I Legend remember. of Chun-Li. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I had to just, uh, yeah, we can. you can cut this down. No, 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 we, I will. However you need to. Yeah. But in case you guys were unaware of how great that was, yeah. that and obviously the Ronald with the Mamma Mia thing. <laughs> Poor Chris Klein. And even seeing him on Wilford, like, which just come, came coming back on TV. He's he, the same. <laughs> he's the same. He is, he is that guy. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. every interview, he is that guy. He's not acting. Like, he is that. Yeah. There's something. But, but they, All right. So, also, there's another thing that kind of exists in my head. The whole idea that like he may have he had this dream and it's happening for him and he seems really like super duper passionate about well, you get, like in that movie yeah it really seems yeah, like, like he's, he's like, so excited to be playing for it, like you could see that he's like I'm very fortunate to be here sure I don't doubt that and he probably is like thank you so much after each take but yeah. like you can there is something off it's like that thing where somebody's like i can sing yeah they're like one two three. Yeah. you're like what yeah. who told you you could sing? they're you're just completely fuck. delusional it's something off about him man didn't he like get like discovered through the ele through election like didn't he find him at so. the high school that they were shooting at I or think something so. like that's the realization oh. of what he got into and now he's like a star or, or an wow. actor rather wow but that's... yeah chris klein dude chris klein you, your body's great i mean i know you're like taking your shirt off a lot mm -hmm. but i mean maybe you can do that like model or <laughs> give it up son something. pack it up son but that was my list the, the, <laughs> the ones that didn't make i had harrison ford on my list too as a maybe but the ones that i was like okay i'm just done these guys just need to hang it up I will say that I loved Brendan Fraser in uh, what's it called? School Ties. What about the one about really the did. devil? With uh, with the gun. <laughs> where he gets granted the witches. He was oh, that was good. Bedazzled. Like, Bed yeah. Yeah. Yes. That no, was a good one. I, like I thought that. that was a movie about a denim jacket. <laughs> I also liked Encino Man. <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> but yeah, I I had a few people um. I'll go ahead and just finish up my. I'll go ahead, guys. <laughs> well, would you like fries with that, Mr. Simpson? Um, I'll, my no sense in piling on with list, it, which uh, you hit some of those people on on your pick, Steve. But I had Tyler Perry. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Fuck that. Guy. And with a choice that you know might not surprise a lot of people, I had Tom Cruise on there. No sense piling on with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has the power to make whatever movie he wants, but obviously, I say back off. All right, I, well, I you're really going to would... want me to back off of my next. Oh no, no. But here's what I want. Here's what I'm saying. <sighs> Stop John. acting. 
stay stick with directing. But you notice I had oh, him on my no sense. That's a good one. No sense. That's I, a good I, one. I had him on my no sense piling it. on with list because I actually think that the way that Ben Affleck has handled the kind of outcry about him playing Batman, it's like I'm. It's it reminds me of how much of an underdog whore I am. I'm back to rooting for him hardcore because I'm like, who are these people who are that offended or that yeah. that shocked? You know. Did you see the Zack Snyder uh, description of the Batman? Yes. So he is like the Dark Knighty Batman, which well, I'm. Well, but he's also he's said like that old and weathered and but still, like, like seasoned is what seasoned, they're saying. Yes, yes. I'm really looking no, forward I'm, to that I, version. The of more Batman. I think about, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think we're all, we're all waiting for this the summer of 2015. Did you see him on uh, on Kimmel? Oh no, on uh, Jimmy Fallon. No, the, you should check that out. It was like the first, like one of the first Ben Affleck. One of the first like times he's actually addressed Batman like on a sh- talk show. Oh, cool. it's really funny. Like he was just Fallon, completely just Fallon is laughing future, at man. it. Oh, totally. I definitely agree with you. I also yes. had a category called history has already taken care of. These are people who, for a while, it seemed like they <laughs> might be popping up in a lot more movies. But I think I think that their reputation has kind of spoiled. We don't have to worry. I don't think about seeing Shia LaBeouf top line too many movies. I don't oh. think we have to worry about Ryan Phillippe ruining any more movies with his like one wow. acting move. I also don't Man, think that poor old Taylor Kitsch will be popping up in in anything really major for a while. He was he's in that uh, that uh, uh, shit the like soldier war movie that's coming out with Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Is Taylor Kitsch in that? Yeah, he's one of the one of the four. Oh, wow. Okay, well I mean I, you know maybe yeah. maybe that'll be his redemption. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I had a currently serving time I believe is Jack Black. I think after the failure oh, of man. Gulliver or whatever that movie was called, I think that he I needs think to he, come back. He's to stay away from family films and he's to work with directors like Richard Linklater because he was, you know, like that's a great example for McConaughey and for Jack Black. That Bernie is great. a movie that really represents them doing like some of their best work. I think working with interesting directors seems to be the key. Agreed. Um, did I have anything else here? Oh, I did have the stay of execution list. I already mentioned Samuel L. Jackson for Django Unchained. <laughs> I had Bradley Cooper as someone who a year ago I would have put on this list. But based on his work in Silver Linings Playbook and what looks to be another great performance in American Hustle, and I'm excited that he's the voice of Rocket Raccoon in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which really still the fact that James Gunn is writing and directing it is the most the thing that gives me the most faith that they're going to tie all these crazy elements together. Sure, that movie is a crazy gamble, and it just the the more you hear about it, the crazier the story sounds. <laughs> but I'm really I think it's very clever to bring in Bradley Cooper to bring his, some of his quality to that role, but not play off of his face. I mean, it'll be interesting to see yeah, you know, him cool. kind of stripped away from any accusations of the pretty boy thing. Sure, that's, that's um, awesome. And then, uh, last but not least, I wanted to mention that everybody in This Is The End is somebody who I would have put on this list, <laughs> but they all got a stay of execution because of their work in This Is The End. And then, uh, last but not least, we got to mention an actor who has also been to real jail, uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> He's out. How did I know you were going to say Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Wesley Snipes, man. Oh, 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 and the one that was actually... Wesley Snipes should have been in Django, by the way. He's supposed to be in the new Expendables film, right? (laughs) Expendables 3. But for some reason, hearing it out loud... Speaking of Expendables, Harrison Ford's going to be in that, too. Right. So, like, that's another sign of of what we're talking about, Steve. Just totally uninspired board choice. I can't believe I forgot. This guy was, was one of my alternates, in case one of you guys had picked one of my top picks. Jeff Bridges. I just want him to take the pork chop he's been chewing on since 2009 out of his mouth <laughs> and enunciate again and not do not do these roles that seem like they're a parody of a of a part he's already played, you know? Like I loved him in True Grit, but it seems like since then he's been talking like this. 
I'm just not interested. And that RIPD looked horrible. It was. Yeah, that movie looks terrible. It was. It looked like the nadir for both him and Ryan Reynolds. So maybe both those guys need to... Okay, so here's something I never knew about that movie going into it. Kevin Bacon is in it. Kevin Bacon's in what? RIPD. Oh, really? What? He's the villain in RIPD. What? Bad movie. But I was just like, what? Kevin Bacon? They didn't They didn't promote that at all. Maybe he realized, like, don't promote my name. Maybe he asked Not that not I have to. any name to Kevin protect. Kevin Bacon in the X-Men movie, man. Yeah. I just watched that the other day. Yeah. That was something of a non sequitur, Ronald. It was. I just, I, Kevin Bacon, man. He's, I guess That's all it is, John. Kevin Bacon. What else do you need, dude? It's almost like you're suggesting that Kevin Bacon's been doing so many movies that you could almost like make a game of connecting him to other actors. Oh, what, and, what a crazy idea that would be. Maybe, maybe we could do an episode. Let me try it. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, well, I, yeah. think, I think, you know, th- I was worried this episode was going to seem a little too negative, but I don't, I think in the end it was, it was constructive. If any of those actors, I know probably most of these actors do listen to Movie Schmovie. Um, so it, it, there, there, there are the 11 <laughs> subscribers that we have. <laughs> so, um, yeah, hopefully you guys didn't take it too personally. And you know that we, we say most of this with love, except for Chris Klein. Uh, this, this podcast have more high points mm-hmm. than Ray Liotta has straight to DVD movies on Netflix. <laughs> and that's a very, very tall order to accomplish. <laughs> yes, it is. That's very well played, million. guys. Very well played. Yeah. Uh, I, so yeah. We we should note that we're gonna be taking a week off. Yes, a week. Um, so next next week there will be no movie schmovie, but the following week we're gonna be back with. We're with, gonna be coming all over you guys. When you take a week off, you just have a really big load built up. You just gotta get it out. <laughs> That just happened. <laughs> it did. But we'll be back. Um, I, I guess we can go ahead and kind of preview yeah, this. We're going to be back with TV Shmeevy Part 2 Ooh. in two weeks. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the sound of us beginning to wait. <laughs> really? Wait, it's two weeks over yet? I can't wait. Okay, yeah, let's start okay. waiting. Waiting right now. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this, what is likely to be one of the longer episodes we've done, but I think it was worth it. I it was a good time. Good time. Good time. And it'll hold you over for next week because there will be no more of our voices for, yeah. for 14 days yeah. if you can make it that long. I don't, I don't think they That's can. a long time. I challenge you. Probably what's going to happen is our listeners will all commit some kind of ritual suicide because we don't have an episode next week and we'll be dealing with an entirely new audience in two weeks. That's really sad. So I just want to tell everybody that's listening it was a pleasure making things worthwhile for you. (laughs) And I'm sorry it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, facebook.com slash movieshmovie.net, movieshmovie.gmail.com. You know, we exist out in the web itself, so find us if you want to talk. iTunes, subscribe, star, review, do whatever you need to do. Um, it would be much appreciated and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon as always you've made our day thanks Bye.